Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So I'm a father of what? I gotta find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception. Reception. The show. Uh, Matt, man, how are you feeling after this uh, crazy topsy turvy week twelve? You know, feeling pretty good. Um, you know, one of the things I've talked about on the show is that, I, I you know, uh, we're working hard on this. You know, me and and our, and our guy Zach uh, working mm-hmm. real hard on you know a lot of back testing and, and, and analytics and data on why reception perception the last two years since we launched this site has managed to get really excited and spotlight uh, second year receivers that have been uh, ready and willing to get in beefs with their team or in doghouse type <laughs> situations. So with that in the background, it was great to see our guy, Elijah Moore get into the end zone for the first time this season um, was awesome. And I, like, I was having fun with it on, on Sunday notice, like, cause we talked about the Mike white thing and why it was going to benefit the offense. And obviously they played the damn Chicago bears. So it couldn't have been a better run out for Mike white. Um, but still like, they just, he just guy just executed the offense. Is like, oh yeah, right. Elijah Moore didn't forget how to freaking play football. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, very. It's it's just it's not going to be quite the same and, and quite as clean as like, oh, Ayuk's out of the doghouse last year and he's he's putting up top twenty fantasy numbers like he was uh, to end last year. It won't be like that with Elijah Moore, but it's like it's just good to be like, okay, guy <laughs> didn't like just forget how to play wide receiver. So right. I can't wait to see. Um, you know, which one of uh, the guys I loved in the rookie report this year and will love going into their second season, you know, whether it's Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or, yeah. or, or whoever, like who, which one of these guys gets in a fight with their team next year. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get it, get an early lead on that. It's it's going to be Olave. It's going to be, it's a, I could feel it. I could feel it now. It's for some oh, reason, yeah. it's going to be Olave. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, right. Because I mean, he'll be uh, he'll be playing with some goofball quarterback again, yeah, right? Like you know, Andy, they, exactly. you know, he'll go from like the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston carousel to the, uh, who, who even knows Sam Darnold. He'll be looking for maybe he'll just get like he'll get the Baker Mayfield treatment. But by the way, is Baker yeah. Mayfield not the big? Now I'm like totally off track and derailing the show. Yeah. But is Baker oh, Mayfield not the biggest wide receiver villain of our lifetime? Oh, um, 100%. You know. It, it doesn't Sam even Darnold, matter. Yeah, Darnold comes in and automatically hundred yards for for DJ Moore scoring touchdowns. He never scored. T- <laughs> DJ Moore never scored touchdowns before. Yeah. He scored touchdowns with Sam Darnold, and it's like it may. It, this is a guy Baker Mayfield that like a calendar year ago was forcing us into like is Odell Beckham like does he not does he not get open like is Odell Beckham not really open where he's forcing us into that discourse a calendar year ago. Right. Odell Beckham who like still owns, you know, top three scores in success rate versus man and press coverage uh, from his early part of his career. That's the guy we think does. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, give me a break. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield might be the biggest wide receiver villain of our lifetime. Maybe he's ruining Chris Olave next year. Who knows? I hate to even put it out there. Dude, I just I'm just putting a conspiracy theory. Are you actually Odell's dad? Is that what? who, who released that video? Was it you? Was it you, Matt? Did you release that uh, video? You know, let me tell you what. If I'm going to pose as some NFL player's dad on on the internet and cut be, be cutting video, look. Let me tell you what. You want him to be cutting videos. You want somebody better than me doing it. Okay. You've seen. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I got no video editing skills. So I, I, no, no, not me. Not me. It might be you. Um. Anyways, we got a big show in front of us here today. Uh. But I want to dive right in. Uh. I want to talk about um Aaron Rodgers and, and potentially is it Jordan Love time? Is it? I don't know. It might be Jordan Love time. Uh, we got some rib injuries here 
uh, for Aaron Rodgers, obviously dealing with a, um, a pretty messed up thumb as well. Uh, saw him make some, and we've been seeing this for the past month, really right. bad, uncharacteristic throws uh, from Aaron Rodgers. But I will say this, man, and, and I know it was garbage time-ish, but Jordan Love just stepped right in and and actually looked like a professional quarterback. He looked pretty good. Uh, I like the pace of the ball uh, that's coming out of his hand. And that's what he's always had. He's always had nice arm strength. Uh, but I don't know. I just felt like he didn't look like the moment was too big for him at all and um, was going up against a really good secondary and was just out there looking loose and comfortable and slinging the ball. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 2.3 interception rate. Um, you know, he, we haven't seen him close to that since like 2017. You know, and, and like he's been the lowest interception rate number. Uh, you know, again, that's just intercepted passes divided by pass attempt, right? So yeah. he's been the lowest in the NFL for four straight years heading into 2022. And, you know, nine picks so far on the season. He has this, that's the most he's going to have in a season since 2010. So, I mean, <laughs> this is a guy. Right. that never throws picks and he's thrown a ton never. of picks this year. And I think a lot of it, you know, especially in that Lions game, it's like, we don't see Aaron Rodgers do that. Even, even if he was like a slightly diminished player, isn't playing that great. Like, yeah, I just, I think there's definitely some health things there. You know, he was certainly grimacing and groaning for reasons. Usually he's always grimacing and groaning during games, but usually it's because he's pissed <laughs> off at somebody right now. It seems he's rather, a little bit more pissed off at his own body, but um, yeah, I mean, for, for, for Jordan Love, I definitely think he got in there and played pretty well. And, you know, I always talk about, like, the like the relationship between the quarterback and wide receiver and, you know, what type of wide receivers work best with what type of quarterbacks and vice versa. And, you know, last year, obviously, the um, Jordan Love gets dropped in during the COVID absence game for um, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, he plays in against the chiefs, right. In the, in a low scoring game, didn't look good. You know, Devonte Adams has 14 targets, but doesn't do much with it. You know, right. Devonte is such like a, I mean, he's a quarterback proof wide receiver. He's a, he's a really good player, but like that was the only guy they had in the offense. And so much of the offense is built around just find 17. And like, what is 17 doing? Let's get it to him. And, and a lot of that, I think for a quarterback requires a lot of timing and chemistry and rhythm. And I mean, even as much as Devontae Adams is great this year, like I think Derek Carr has even had to figure a little bit of, of that out. Right. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Part of me wonders like every offense would be better long-term with a guy like Devontae Adams, but a young quarterback getting dropped into an offense where he's like, okay, let me just execute the play call and not have to worry about getting it to this one guy. Maybe that could be better for Jordan Love. I don't know. And I mean, Christian Watson is a guy at this point that, you know, I, I don't think he's a complete receiver. I've talked about him, I think, on this show. Obviously, he's in the rookie report lot, on the yeah. website. Uh, yeah, you know, and the the three routes he runs really well is like crossing routes, deep over routes, and, and go routes. But, like, that's enough if you're Jordan Love to just get it to that guy, especially the crossing route he had against the Eagles. Beautiful. Just a great – just a great play. And like, that's why I compare him to Martavis Bryan is because when he gets in the open field like that, he can house it like mm -hmm. that. Cause he's so athletic. And I think that's a, that's a nice little connection there. Love and, uh, and, and uh, Christian Watson potentially. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to think about what this, this team might look like with Jordan love. But uh, if that's his opening salvo into 2022, that's pretty looking pretty good. I, I mean, here's the thing. The green Bay Packers are one in seven over their last eight games, dude. I mean, this season is pretty Man. much, they're pretty much done, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're pretty much done here. Should they be given Jordan love an extended look? I mean, I, I think they might have to. And I'll tell you what, if he plays really well, they're, Green Bay, I know they hate making trades, but golly, you, you got to make a trade. The bold move, Matt, the bold move would be if Jordan Love plays well, would be to move on from Aaron Rodgers in a full-on rebuild. That would be the bold move. I don't know if they've got the stones to do it. They probably don't. But if Jordan Love plays well, also he's a very nice movable piece too. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes for a real fascinating discussion, right? Because they have to decide this year whether to pick up his fifth-year option. I imagine if, like, let's just say hypothetically, he doesn't doesn't start a game this year. Rodgers comes back, he starts against the Bears and he starts the rest of the way. And I know Rodgers said if he's if he's able to play and they're not mathematically eliminated, he wants to be out there. I do like that he's like, yeah, if we're not 
I, I'm, I'm interpreting was like, oh yeah, if we're mathematically done, you can pull my ass out of there. Whatever, I'm fine. But uh, you know, it's right. just, just I'm reading into that too much. But still, um, what Aaron Rodgers reads into stuff too much, so why can't we, right? Uh, but I, right. I think, uh, I think when you just when you look at the rest of the Packers roster, they look much more like a team that's you know thinking about maybe two years, three years from now, as opposed to like right now because they've got so many young pieces. There are certainly veterans on the roster, guys that have been around there for a while, but they look more like a team that you know might be ready to really make a twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four push. Um, now the Rodgers contract is obviously an al- albatross. Like I, I don't know how they would cleanly move that thing. I think they'd need a little help from Rodgers, and he's not exactly the most uh, you know amicable fellow i guess you you would say uh so i don't know i, I think it, it reeks for a really fascinating thought like if if jordan love plays the rest of the year gives them something do they have a do they have a situation where they need to think about it? i mean obviously you know they drafted in the first round like they were ready to for it to be jordan love time sooner or later and then obviously right. rogers goes on and wins two mvp so it, you know they're in quite an interesting situation with um with rogers now being hurt it almost kind of gives them an out to thinking, yeah. okay, we'd love to see a little bit of love. I think if you slipped them some truth serum, don't you think like they'd right be like, yeah, we'd, we'd kind of like to see what Jordan Love has. You have to see what he's got because again, as you mentioned, that contract situation makes it so that they their for, their hand is forced uh, in terms of what they want to do. Either they're gonna, you know, completely burn that pick on Jordan Love and just let him go, or they got to pick up that fifth year option. And and again, what does that mean for for Aaron Rodgers? And you know, you talk about the contract, man, like. There's a lot of, I mean, come on, dude. The The salary cap is all funny money anyways, right? Like teams are going to figure it out. Teams are going to figure out a way if Aaron Rodgers is available, they'll figure out a way to make that work, dude. You know what I mean? So, and plus I'll say this, you talk about it being an albatross. I don't know when we take a look into next year and, and the years following, is it that much of an albatross? Because quarterback contracts are just going to keep going up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. I it's true. I think the only thing that makes it tough is like where he uh, he's just not, he's not coming off a good year, right? Like if he was obviously mm-hmm. coming off his two MVP campaigns, it's like there is no price I'd I'd I wouldn't pay to, right. to have Aaron Rodgers. But I think you just have to ask like is he dimini- is he a diminished player? Is he a year to year guy at this point? Like he's already right. talked about you know the possibility of retirement. Like once you start to talk about it, how close are you to it? And I mean, you certainly don't want to be in a situation where Denver finds itself right now, and it's like. Uh, we just, (laughs) we just traded all these resources for a guy and gave him a big fat contract and nobody's going to want him. And he's he's literally literally the problem. He's literally the problem. He's literally one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not even like a question now, right? It's like, no, we're 12 weeks in. No, he's, he's literally one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, they just lost to the Panthers. The Panthers. What, and it wasn't even really, Yeah, and it wasn't even really close. It no, wasn't it wasn't, wasn't even really no. like a like the Panthers got to, you know, 20 points. It was like, oh it's Broncos, over. they don't they have never scored 20 points. It's over, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I, like you you look at Russell Wilson and like now the Broncos are gonna start to get into that uh oh man, we've gotta maybe we just need to get a coach in here that's gonna that's gonna convince Russ to do and it's like nope Seattle has been doing that for the last like decade 10 years or whatever and and nope. look at where they are look at they they stripped they traded him to you <laughs> it's tough with, it's tough if you're considering bringing in a veteran quarterback like that and you know you started I don't get you got to kind of get in that point right I mean I mean the, Col- the Colts will maybe maybe they'll take him there are oh maybe the they'll want to do yeah, they will do one more veteran quarterback yeah, run. Absolutely, but I mean, but yeah, but I mean, the, even even the Colts are smart enough to know to not give these old ass quarterbacks these multi year contracts, dude. I mean, oh, no. two hundred fifty million to Russell Wilson. Good night. Oh my god, and it's crazy too, right? Because like you know, you look at what Seattle's doing, and they, I mean, I'm not even like making fun of the guy, but like they literally made an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, yeah. and, and when we talk about teams that improve, what is like the thing that you always point to? It's like well, you could talk about roster builds and all those things. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, did you improve the quarterback situation? You know, and yeah. Seattle, they did. That's why they're a better team this year than they were last year, because last year we didn't realize that Russell Wilson was bad. Like we didn't know. Right. 
we thought it was the, the coaching staff or whatever. It's like, nah, I'm so happy that Pete Carroll d- decided not to retire and just keep on plugging away. Cause remember there was a, yeah. a big, uh, you know, should Pete retire talk, um, coming into this off season, but it's like, dude, he stuck around and man, he just stuck it to all the haters, man. It's like, yo, I was not the problem. It was Russ. It was Russ right. the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah, and he's, he's like, um, making extra sure you're aware you know when he says the comments about like the oh you know we didn't have a guy that would go off the play sheet the wristband or whatever and 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 you know i mean but he's but he is right though i mean i've said this stuff about russ for a few years now that like why did why is tyler lockett volatile in in fantasy or whatever it's well because he's playing with a quarterback who doesn't really execute a real nfl offense and um then you get him away from superstar players like tyler lockett and dk metcalf and this is where he is i mean i look i i was i was as down as anybody on the russell wilson you know denver broncos experience like i I mean, I was kind of, I was not in on th- that being like an instant fix, but it's been way worse than I expected. Uh, oh so yeah. Way worse than anybody could have expected. Uh, you and I were like the only people on Twitter that were, that were like tentatively putting our feet out there saying like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work. You know? know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys, <laughs> because really, Twitter, you guys really think this is good. I mean, cause Twitter loves Russell Wilson, dude. Not anymore. They (laughs) They did. No, not anymore. No, they did. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like coming into this year, I mean, come on, dude. You know, it's like uh, uh, Twitter loved Ross, dude. And and, like, obviously now they're all like doing the Homer Simpson into the bushes gif, you know? Do you you know what the problem is? And I think this is actually, uh, I'm not going to just be like, you know, Twitter does this and, and, but it is true. I think most, admittedly, it's a problem with like football in general. People really can't accept that, like, sometimes both things can be true. Like, and especially when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers, like, everybody thinks, like, oh, well, Russell Wilson is good. Therefore, he is made Tyler Lockett. Therefore, he has made DK Metcalf. Like, no, Russell Wilson can be a great quarterback, and those boys can be great wide receivers, and vice versa in Denver. Like, well, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, they were drafted high, and we like them, and we've seen them do stuff before. They must be good. And Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater suck. Well, it's like, well, Drew Locke can suck and those guys can't might be a little bit overrated. Like both <laughs> things can be true. So anytime when it's like, oh, good quarterback sure. comes here, it's like the you fill in the blanks. And look, it is tough in football to separate, you know, oh, teammates hard. and the impact from each other. That's um, why it's so I, fun I think, to talk about it. Right. right. Because, because, because there's no definitive answer. Yes. Um, but now we know the answer to this one. And, and, and unfortunately, I think, <laughs> Yeah, I think right. not a very fun answer to watch. Uh, and I just, <laughs> hey, let's just hope they get the Broncos at that primetime spot. They got one more oh primetime game left. Dude, they no. can flex them out of there. Let's get that no. out of there. Denver is dead last in scoring in the NFL. Dead last. Who would have ever thought? They're dead last. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, you know what? Speaking of uh, points per game, I just got to ask, what's up with the Bucks right now? They're they're scoring the sixth fewest points per game. And I think we talked about this maybe even a month ago, where it's like Tom Brady looks normal-ish. You know, the Mike Evans looks normal-ish. Chris Godwin obviously returning from injury and getting healthier and stronger and stuff. And... Everything looks like kind of sort of like what we've seen for the last couple of years, but it's just not as effective. And again, the sixth fewest points per game, Matt, 
18.2 per game. They are scoring fewer points, would you believe, than the Carolina Panthers. They are a tier above, and I say they are a tier above. They're a tier above the Steelers, Rams, Texans, Colts, and Broncos. Those five teams are the only teams that they are outscoring per game, and we know those five teams are an absolute dumpster fire when it comes to the offensive side of the football. And then right above that, it's Tampa Bay. That's a weird thing for Tampa Bay to live in right now. I'm I'm still kind of struggling a little bit to find like an answer to, to why yeah. this is. Um, you know, like the Mike Evans, Tom Brady connection has been weird all year. Like, you know, Mike Evans had some drops here and there, but like also there's been times where like they're like not on the same page from mm-hmm. uh, from like a rhythm standpoint on deep routes, especially. And it's like, damn, you guys have been playing together for a minute and like having having big games together right like and playing yeah. in big you know playing playing in big moments too and like i don't know it's bizarre that the timing has been off uh between them now now one thing that's definitely true um i mean just plain as day their run game stinks and and like <laughs> they're 32nd right now in rushing or an epa per rush um, they're 29th in rushing success rate. They've been a bad, bad run team all year. And look, I don't think it's all Leonard Fournette's problem. I don't think Fournette looks as explosive and he obviously he's hurt now, but I don't think it's all Leonard Fournette's fault. I think there's a, we know there's offensive line injuries. I've talked about the witchcraft curse with Giselle and all that. And like, t- <laughs> yeah, Hey, offensive linemen, keep, offensive <clears throat> linemen keep getting hurt, brother. Like, I mean, that keeps, that's a <laughs> that's thing that does is. keep happening. Tristan worse now hurt for three to four I weeks. Know. He's going to miss, he's gonna miss time. They've had issues on the offensive line and they've had issues on the interior, which I think has been a big problem with their run game. Cause you know, they're weirdly insistent on like first down runs all the time and, and weirdly like trying to set that run game up, but it's not effective. It's not efficient. You know, Brady is still getting the ball out really fast. So there's just like some minor things here and there that you would think like, okay, well they can't get their run game going, but like they're, then they receive, it's like nothing is really firing at all cylinders. Cause I think like, okay, if their run game wasn't working, but then their pass game was like a nine out of 10, they'd be fine, but they're not. They're like a maybe six out of 10 right now, seven out of 10, because Godwin hasn't been healthy all year. He's just now getting into like legit form. Evans yep. has had big moments, but then he's had these weird games where it seems like they've been off off the same page. Julio yep. Jones has been hurt. Remember when they signed Russell Gage? Russell Gage has been like hurt basically all year too. So um, I think the, the one thing about the Bucks that's definitely true, and these are always true about Arians' offenses, and Byron Leftwich for the most part has – just run an Arians offense with his own mm-hmm. a little bit too much, too many first down runs. <laughs> um, they mostly are, those plays are mostly like our guys are better than your guys plays, you know, like uh, we're going to sure. run go routes. We're going to dunk on you. We're going to run post routes against like cover three. And we're going to, we're just going to dunk on you up the seams. And Evans hasn't played that well. Godwin is not a hundred percent. Julio Jones obviously is not a hundred percent. Like they don't have guys that are, better than your guys guys you know they're tight end like i think gronk huge loss right that's clear huge i think that's been a big problem for them is that they are just they're not that good personnel wise their run game stinks and i think that's just where we're at i would love to see what this offense looks like if they just give full-on starter minutes to rashad white because dude that guy can play man uh, I've been saying it since the preseason. Yeah. I've been on it for a long time, but man, this dude can absolutely play. And I think he provides an, an, an athleticism upgrade at running back. Um, and I think Leonard Fournette's, I think he's a capable back, you know, um, and he's great in pass pro too. Like his blitz pickups are great. Yeah, sure. Um, but that being said, it's like, as you mentioned, man, like they got to get something going on with the run game, especially with the fronts that they're looking at right now. Um, and I just, I don't think Leonard's the answer, man, but I'm just still, but at the end of the day, that, that should, should be like a secondary concern. Should it not? You know, when you've got mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and whoever you got a tight end or whatever, it's fine. You know, um, I think Kate Otten's actually been playing pretty good football too. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you got those three guys on your past game. You got to make it work, you know? And for them to be, scoring the six fewest points per game. That's I, I did a double take. I was shocked. 
<laughs> when I saw that. I was shocked when I saw that the Carolina damn Panthers are scoring more <laughs> points than than the Tampa Bay Bucks. Man, it's crazy. No, I mean you. you you surprised me with that one too. That's for sure. Um, the one thing I'll say though, well, for one, I think like Rashad white was, he was fine, uh, against the, the Browns, but like, you know, you get 60 yard or you get 64 yards on the ground against the Browns. And it's kind of like, okay, like you should crush, you should crush the Browns. You should crush uh, the right? Browns. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're but, saying. But you know, I, but they, and they gave him 70% of the team rush attempts. Uh, I yeah. just think they're just never. And like that, but that's a good game. For for the Bucks, like at this point, yeah, right? Like that's that's a, what I'm saying. But, like that's a good game on the ground for the Bucks, and they, they, that shouldn't be good enough. I know they average like he averaged, you know, four point six, four point five a carry, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, right now th- this year they're eighth in terms of uh, neutral pass rate, like, and especially on early downs, like they have definitely been they have definitely been a team that just they try to establish that run game on first down. They're one of the highest first down run teams in the NFL, especially adjusted to like expectation. You know, they previously have been like number one in pass rate over expectation. And obviously maybe you could say, Hey, Bruce Arians had a little bit more um, impact on the game plan than we might want to admit. Right. Like they put Bruce Arians in this front office role. Now Byron left, which totally has a thing to himself. And, and now I think we're, we're kind of seeing the results of, of that. Maybe that he's, he's again, he's been very insistent, even in like press conferences, been kind of combative about, people questioning the first down runs and like what that has to do with play action, stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I I think that they're just a little conservative. I think Todd Bowles is definitely a more conservative coach than Bruce Arians is. Jesus Christ. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't don't you, I mean, that was his big thing, right? Like when he was with the jets, like the, the offense was so stale because it was so conservative. Yeah. Don't you watch that team and think like, this looks like a team that has Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but is like trying to establish the run game and trying to keep like the offense on schedule and trying to keep like, you know, these close games, stuff like that. Like they don't really try to blow exactly. anybody away. And and I right. feel, I feel like it's a little bit of, I just, something, something's like disconnected there. Right. That's yeah, a, it's kind of right. how I come back to it. So we, we talk about Leonard Fournette. Okay. There was an eight game stretch here between weeks two and nine. Okay. He averaged not three. Okay. But 2.78 yards per carry. That Oof. my friends is so bad. It's shocking that he maintained the starter position there uh, at running back. So yeah, when you talk about Rashad, when I'm get, getting gassed up for Rashad white and like his, you know, again, pretty good but not like amazing 4.6 yards per carry average against cleveland and i get that cleveland's one of literally one of the two or three <laughs> so worst rush defense they're so bad they're horrendous they're horrific but when you're looking at 2.8 versus 4.6 yards per carry that's why i get excited and that's why i'm saying and especially out of the backfield too like catching the football he adds an extra layer of juice too uh, does Rashad White. So I, I don't know. I'm really excited about um, the prospects. And like, dude, Todd Bowles has got to make that call, man. Like if you want to start winning these football games and really putting yourself in a position uh, to make the playoffs and, and you know, playoff positioning even, um, you got to make some hard decisions, dude. You got to look at some veterans. You got to look at Leonard Fournette and say, bro, you are not playing well. <laughs> we got to sit you down, man. Um, and we got to give this rookie a chance. That's what I would do uh, if I was the head coach there uh, for the Bucks. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Did we see a little bit of a breakout game here, man? I thought he played great football um, and especially down the stretch. Obviously, he played great down the stretch um, and beating the, the Baltimore Ravens. That that last sequence, man, that was just so baller, man. That that two point try, that throw on the two point try. I mean, people in my studio didn't appreciate it enough. I felt like I was going bonkers on the side. Like I was like, yo, that was an awesome throw for the win for the win. That was great, man. That was good stuff. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, not been like as bad as people think, you know, I think he's been, he, he certainly hasn't been like great. Right. You know, he hasn't right, been right. 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 He hasn't, he hasn't lived up to the hype of like generational prospect better Correct. than Andrew, you know, a quarterback like Andrew Luck, but Correct. to act like he's been a bad quarterback, I think would be a little disingenuous. You know, he kind of has just been, he's been fine, but he also really lacks like signature moments. And I think has been, he's had some turnover issues late in games. So for him to sort oh, of yeah. slay that dragon there, that's a great thing to see. That's like, 
okay, you've you've got you've you've got something going here, right? Like you've got a you've got a situation where you know, maybe you could build something on that, right? Because that was just a great drive. You know, less about two minutes, 10 seconds left on the clock. You go 10 plays, you would get the two point conversion. It was a great series uh, of just plays back to back, you know, back, back to back to back stack on top of each other that for Trevor Lawrence area, like I said, a guy that is lacked in signature moments, I think is really, that that's something like, okay, that's the defining moment so far, so far of um, Trevor Lawrence's career. Look, the Ravens have problems on offense for sure. They're not a good team on offense. They've got real big issues over there, but like beating an Man. AFC contender like that, that's a big moment for a guy like Trevor Lawrence and that Jacksonville Jaguars roster that, you know, they've still got problems of their own offensively. Like I, I, I know Zay Jones has like a big game. He has like 24 targets in the last two games. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, come on, man. What? No, no, no love. Come no. on, bro. I mean, well, okay. on. I'm, he's an NFL player. Okay. He's an, he's NFL, an NFL player. player. Oh, he's, come on, man. 11 catches on 14 targets for 145. Come on. Not like that's great, like, yeah, great. That's got to be slightly above just like replacement level, dude. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough line right there. 11 for, I mean, talk uh, to, talk to me, talk to me about all of the other games this year, right? Yeah, like okay, uh, outside true. of the okay. one, the one other <laughs> big one or something. I mean, yeah, it's just like these outside receivers that he's working. Christian Kirk, great player, good slot receiver. You know, yeah. um, I think they've got really good designed concepts on like, um, you know, some of the stuff they got to Michael hasty on, even as a receiver was really I exciting. I, yeah, you know, yeah, Travis yeah. Etienne goes down or was, played you know they played it cautious i don't know if i buy all this like travis etn like oh we could have just put him back in the game we just decided not yeah, to I don't buy know, that. Talk, yeah i don't, I mean, buy, I don't that buy that at all yeah, um, no way. but man some of the concepts they had in the playbook for jamichael hasty was like yeah travis etn was about to have a real big game for himself so um yeah. Yeah, but but other than that like again zay jones can be like somebody's three he could be a fourth you know third receiver something like that but he's like their best outside receiver right now and that's I that's mean, your guy marv yeah, yeah, your guy Marvin Jones, <laughs> he can Dude. still make those great catches when he's never yeah. open because he's never open. But like, yeah, yeah it's just, there's still some issues with that um, receiver core. Just a great moment for Trevor Lawrence for sure. I'm just happy that you've at least moved Zay Jones up to like a three because I think you had Zay Jones as like a, a capable four, and I'm like, good that that seems a little low, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Well. All right, so at least he's moving up. He's moving up. He, he's he's yeah, now he's a capable up. three. Yeah, he's now a ca- <laughs> now he's a capable three. All right, cool, yeah. cool, cool. He's All going right, to he's trending up, trending in the he's right trending direction. Other, he's trending in the right direction. It's, this is good. I like it. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first Auto ship order. That's petmeds.com and promo code podcast. <laughs> Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Perception, perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Um, hey, how about Hollywood Brown? And um, he makes his return, uh, and we haven't really seen you know that split between Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, again, DeAndre Hopkins had that amazing catch and run 
But uh, four catches overall for 87 yards and a touchdown. And meanwhile, Hollywood Brown, six catches on eight targets for 46. So kind of interesting because Hollywood Brown was targeted more than New Hopkins. What was your takeaway, I guess, in Arizona? Yeah, you know how I just said that uh, I don't buy the old Travis Etienne. We could have just put him back out there, uh, you know, whatever. Because teams lie about injuries all the time, right? right. The, the Cardinals said, oh, Marquise Brown. He's back, but he will be limited. Yeah. He ran a route on 100% of the dropbacks. I know. I, know. <laughs> I didn't buy it. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. He was not limited at all. Snap count. Like, get out of here. Snap dude. count. What the hell? Come Shut on, up. Dude. Runs more routes than DeAndre Hopkins. It's you crazy. know, I mean, come on. So I think what's really interesting about this, and I don't often have nice things. Well, let me ask you this, James. Yeah. I don't often have nice things to say about the Cardinals offense, but I think oh, we've talked about it on this show. Yeah, yeah, right. We, we've we've talked about this on this show. I've talked about it on other shows that sometimes the best moments for the Cardinals offense is, all right, Kyler, you know, scramble around back there, do whatever, make some stuff happen. Do you think that is more of a playbook issue, like the real plays aren't very good, or it's a Kyler Murray not playing Ooh. inside a structure issue? Like, what do you, what do you think? And we just got done talking about Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. And both things can be true. I do want to, I just said like both things can be true. So I don't know. (laughs) But I think to your point too, though, the reason um, Russ got off the hook in Seattle all the time was because we just assumed that boomer ass Pete Carroll was not putting together good plays. Right. Like that was the assumption. And I think the assumption right now, and, and, and I love that you're bringing this up because I think this challenges my concepts of it as well. That Cliff Kingsbury brings in this real vanilla, boring ass, you know, offense that di- that dude. It didn't even work in college. Okay, right. like your air the horizontal thing, raid. They're always yeah, the whole, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It didn't work. It didn't work in college, right? So we're thinking, okay, this guy fails forward and is now an NFL head coach. We're just assuming, hey, it, his playbook's probably bad. It doesn't work, right? Um, But that being said, there's all these reports now and all these rumors. Okay, is Kyler even studying the playbook? Does he study game tape? Does he do all these things? Does he get his, you know, mentally is is he prepared uh, for game day on Sunday? So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Boy, kind of sort of challenging my thought on it all because I just, again, assume (laughs) Cliff Kingsbury's playbook's not very good. But maybe that's not the case. Yeah, and I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel about it either, because I, and I think I think this one can certainly be a both things be true, both things can be yeah. true, right? Because I'm I'm not like the biggest Kyler Murray fan. I'm not like the biggest like oh he play. I just don't think he's taken that step to being like a great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Right. Like, mm-hmm. You usually have to give money to those dudes, whatever. But I don't think he's like I don't think he's taken a step this year. I think he's actually kind of regressed a little bit this year, especially from, oh. I don't of- think there's a question in that. The, the, no question. I think he's taken a step back, uh, a microcosm of a step, you know, like a, a little, little step back, not like a huge step back, but like, I don't think he's definitely not the same as last year. And for sure, for sure, for sure. He is not taking a step forward. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I want to see a quarterback go like year one to year two, get better. Year two to year three, get better. Year three to year, three, year four. Like now you're a dude. And like, I don't think Murray is like there quite yet. Um, so, and that's why you, know, you pay, that's why you pay, right. Is because you're right. anticipating that in year five, six, seven, now we're starting to enter into that. Okay. You've really taken step forwards each and every year and now you're special, right? So it's, it's disheartening and disappointing when you give a guy like Kyler Murray, who has all the, um, who has all the arm talent in the world to make any throw he wants. And then obviously he's like the freaking roadrunner out there outside the pocket. Uh, creative is all get out, man. Like you're anticipating him to grow into that contract. And uh, I don't think he's done that, Matt. I don't think, I don't think so either. And it's, I think the natural temptation for most people in the media, most folks on Twitter, whatever is to, is to put most of the blame at Cliff Kingsbury feet. Not, and I'm not really not trying to come out here and be like, I'm a Cliff Kingsbury guy. Okay. You know, so I'm, yeah. I'm not, but I'm just like, I'm at least wanting to unpack yeah. the thought, like, and, and at least challenge that assumption. Cause I mean, there's so much, like you talk about like the, all these rumors, this side and the other, just watch a Cardinals game. Kyler Murray's got terrible body language. He's always yelling at, you know, he's always up in Cliff like grill and, you know, he's, 
he said like we got schemed the f up uh you know um against the chargers on the fourth down call like he clearly doesn't like it uh, so i don't know i mean there's something going on there but all that to be in, all that being said so i don't normally say nice things about the cardinals offense but i will for the for their usage of marquise brown this year i think they've done a really really good job um you know my complaint with the ravens was I think that Marquise Brown, you know, look, he's got a lot of speed. So I think the temptation is usually, and the temptation was for Baltimore, like let's get him ripping down the field. But like yeah. Lamar's not a very good deep passer no. and um, Marquise Brown's tiny. Like he's not going to be a good, he's not going to be a good deep receiver in the, or like a great dominant deep receiver in the NFL. Cause he's not going to, you know, but, but this is what happened though. Remember, remember on that MVP season for Lamar, the, the first six or eight games or whatever, like, and Marquise Brown just when he first stepped on the field, like literally, I think like the first pass you ever saw was a touchdown. You dolphins, yeah, yeah. The big the big post route there. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a house it. Yeah. No, and I look, he's he was he's been open on a lot of those plays throughout. It's just right. like Lamar Jackson's but, not gonna But I think to your point though, it's a little bit like fool's gold, right? Like yeah, okay, sure. yeah, he can do it, but should that be the staple of what he does? And, and I think, and again, to what you're saying is like, yeah, probably not. Like that that no. should be something that you unlock every now and again. But should that be like the meat and potatoes of what he does? Probably not. Right. If you're gonna feed him eight to ten targets a game, which the the Cardinals have done you're going to want to get him on some underneath stuff. And I think they've done a great job of that without throughout the year with Marquise Brown. I thought it was really interesting to see, um, you know, Marquise Brown is almost a 60% slot player in this game with, in his first game with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously they're missing Rondale Moore. They're even yeah. missing Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe when those dudes, one or both of those dudes get back, you know, Marquise Brown kicks to the right side and, and Hopkins stays. Cause that's another thing. It's very irritating about Cliff. I know this is definitely a cliff thing is like always the tether to the one side of the field. Like, can we get like, Oh, Hopkins is a little bit, Hopkins is a little bit right. You know, Marquise Brown a little bit left and then they go back and forth. Can we get that? I don't know. But, um, you know, I <laughs> love it too much to have, but yeah, no, like I think having him as a slot guy, I think you can get a lot of really good looks there for Marquise Brown, uh, as a slot receiver, a speed vertical slot receiver. But I don't know if that was just a one week injury thing or, yeah. you know, it's that's, a, that's where I, they I promise it. you it's a one week injury thing because <laughs> do, do you yeah, remember yeah. when nuke first came back from his suspension? Right. He actually, yeah, yeah. he played what, like 40% or 45% in the slot, which was like, like mind blowing that that cliff yeah. could actually do that and then what happened the, the week after everyone got healthy and of course like okay here goes nuke right on on one side right. of the football field yeah yeah you're you're probably right about that and obviously like you can't play rondell more on the on the perimeter like you, you just talk about too small you can't play him out there so yeah i think i think their best set is is that is, is a three wide receiver set with Hopkins Brown and more and, and obviously more being the slot receiver there, you know, when they get everybody back, but I mean, it's always weird. The Cardinals, as much as we've talked about teams, like the chargers, that can't like get all their dudes on the field and obviously play right. the Chargers the past week. Like, man, the Cardinals have just like not had all their dudes on the, on the field at the same time. Um, even when they get Marquise Brown back, like Rondo Moore is not, not out there. Zach Ertz is lost for the season. So it's tough to put together a consistent offense that way, but I don't know. I just, I do think what they've done with Marquise Brown over the course of the year is really good, is really interesting. And I would like to see them get him some reps out of the slot because I think he can be like, if, if you're going to get him going deep, like talk about post routes for zone coverage, which in reception perception, we know he's a good zone beater getting yeah. them those routes in the, in the slot would be better than the outside. You know what Cliff Kingsbury's offense is dude. It's, it's, it's Madden, you know, it's it very, is a little bit. Yeah. It's very static. You know, like you don't change a lot of the looks and, um, it's just like you, the reason I call it Madden is because yeah, you can have motion in Madden and everything, but for the most part, everything's pretty static, right? Like the defenses <laughs> yeah. also don't really move a lot. Whereas in real life, that's not the case. You know, That's not I mean? how it works. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's not how it works. So I don't know, like how much would Cliff's offense like benefit from just like simple, like jet motion type stuff, you know, like they don't use a lot of that. Like, I don't know. It's so static. And I think that's why, you know, I'm so down on Cliff Kingsbury's offense, just because again, it didn't work in college. It's super static. Like defenses can lock in. They know, they know coming into the week exactly what you're going to do. 
You know, you yeah. talk about guy like in Tampa Bay, like, you know, play designs where like, oh, the, the, the pass catcher just has to be a better player. And like, you just got to be a dude and like, just go get that ball. And it's like, man, that is Cliff Kingsbury's offense, right? Like, and that's why it's so horizontal because like, that's what, that's the best way to get the ball into their playmakers hands is just, I'm just going to throw you a bubble screen and like, let's just try to make something happen here. You know? Yeah. And theoretically they have a good roster of players. It just, yeah. just never really comes together. And a lot of it obviously has to do with injuries, but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think Marquise Brown's a, a, an underrated player and I think they've done a good job with him this year, but overall their offense is not very good. So I don't want to get too well. excited about it. <laughs> all right should we get excited about this uh Bengals offense though man like t higgins the last two games has been uh on fire now the matchups have been great the matchups have been great the secondaries that, that he's seen over the last couple of weeks have not been ideal but chase sounds like he's very close to coming back obviously they were like trying to tease people about oh he might be back this week it's like uh, okay yeah probably not he's got a pretty you know i don't want to say severe but like a hip problem in the in like the labrum of your hip that doesn't sound too good you know uh but it does sound like he's really really close and man this offense really could take off uh once chase comes back yeah um you know the first two games without jamar chase the browns game and then the panthers game you know t higgins had you know 49 yards and a touchdown against the browns a lot of that kind of came late in comeback mode then 60 yards against the panthers be like oh i thought he was supposed to go crazy when Jamar Chase was out and in the last two games been awesome, obviously for T Higgins. Right. So I think, I think T Higgins has certified himself as like at worst a one B receiver. Like I think he is a one B. I think Jamar Chase is a one a, um, you know, Tyler Boyd, I think has kind of like been not exposed. I don't want to say, but I think it's been made clear that like, he's a, he should be a three. I think he's a little miscast if he has to be the two. So but also at the same time, I because like this guy, who dude, who the hell is Trent Irwin? Okay, like <laughs> they've they've just pretty not, much not had Hayden him Hurst. Like, no, yeah, it's like the white guy with long hair that's not Hayden yeah. Hurst. Like you know, you're playing Hayden Hurst, like oh, I thought that was gonna be Trent, uh, Trent Irwin. What the hell? Um, yeah, no, I think that like I, I I think they've gotten this guy some burn because they still have good plays for that you know secondary outside player and like. Tyler Boyd's just not going to ever be like a big time outside receiver. All that said, like, and we talked about Byron Leftwich and like them, not like the Bengals last year had very similar plays to the bucks. It's like, our guys are better than your guys, right? Like their whole offense was based on, we've got two alpha receivers on the outside. We've got a really good slot guy, like come and try to stop us. And we got a quarterback who can pin pin the ball deep is can fling the ball deep on those go routes. He's got great timing. There. He's got great anticipation. Boom. We're going to come beat you up. And this, this to start this year, it took a little bit of time. We've talked about it on the show a lot about the Bengals offense, but you know, yeah. Joe Burrow's throwing more passes to running backs this year than ever. We mentioned Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. like he's been pretty involved. And I think they've done a lot of good things to get to develop a counter punch. Like they still have these, you know, dudes like T Higgins can go out there and be a dude against the Steelers and against the Titans. But you know, Samaje Pirine making big time plays on like designed running back looks like Travion Williams even making big plays yeah. like in the as a designed guy in the in the passing game like I think they've just the Bengals look like a team right now that's figured it out offensively and and look really dangerous you know in the AFC I mean obviously it's going to be a, a dog fight to to get anywhere in the AFC playoff picture but like they can totally win the AFC North with the way Baltimore looks right now and then they can you know, potentially host a playoff game and, and, and just roll a little bit, man. I could see them going on a nice little run there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like last year. No, I mean, we've seen it before, you know, like good Lord. Uh, no I doubt. think they're a better, don't you think they're a better team right now than the team that went to the Super Bowl last year? Like, I think they are. Uh, the reason they are Matt is because their offensive line is starting to gel. Um, True. And, and I think their O-line play has come up considerably. Um, and consider too the team that they're playing, the Tennessee Titans. They've done such a great job. Um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. But like you know, you talk about like the development of like the linebacker play. Uh, Tennessee always has great linebackers. You know what I mean? And they're always able to 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 stress out um, offensive lines with um, with exotic looks. And, and just I think they've done a great job with that in Tennessee. And that is why they're able to get away with what they are able to get away with in the secondary. By the way, the secondary is really bad. I know it's banged up, uh, but neither here nor there. Usually they're able to put some pretty decent pressure on you. Um, and, and against an O-line that had a lot of question marks, I 
don't think they were really able to do that this week. And I do think that Cincinnati's O-line is really starting to come together, man. O-line's coming together. I think the defense is Lou Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, does some really fun stuff there. Um, And, you know, like they've obviously suffered injuries in the secondary, but I I mean, I get it. It's like the Titans, right? Okay. Um, But even some of these other teams they've played recently, you know, Pittsburgh, I thought they'd take more advantage of that. They got some big plays uh, against the Bengals, but still like, I think for the most part, the Bengals have had, you know, better success in the secondary than you, than you might've thought. Uh, Dude, with those injuries because I think they're better yeah. they're really well coached there on defense I thought once Chidi Awuzie went down I thought their secondary was going to go into the dump but they yeah. basically played kind of sort of the same I, I think they've been playing really really well um, and those first couple weeks after Chidi Awuzie went down I, I wanted to discount their their secondary and and I was flat out wrong. I, I think they've been playing really well. They've been playing above their heads for sure in the secondary. Um, and again, that I just go back to that O-line though, man. That O-line looks so much better. Golly, they look so much better here in week number 12 or yeah, week 12 versus, you know, week one where they were just getting exposed, right? So like a lot of little things are starting to come together, I think, for the Bengals. And by the way, with all the injuries too, they could have easily gone the other way. Right, yeah, like totally. when Chase goes down, Chidi Awuzie, your top corner goes down. A lot of things, like you know, kind of working against them. You could have seen them go the other way, and you know what? They've been tough. They've been scrappy. So I, I think you got to give credit to the makeup of the team. I think T and I think uh, obviously Burrow, super professional about everything. But the coaching staff too. You got to give the coaching staff a little bit of credit. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. For getting these guys coached up and moving in the right direction. Okay. Um, our time is running short, man. We got to get Matt out of here, man. But uh, but I tell you what, another great show. We're going to hear from you guys again uh, over the next couple of days, man. I tell you what, if you guys got questions that you want us to answer on the show, obviously join the Discord, find us on Twitter. And, and I tell you what, man, leave a, a review for the show as well. That would help us out considerably. If you could just review, leave us a five-star rating, man. Like these kind of, these little, little things help the podcast grow. Uh, a lot so if you guys could do that for us man that would be awesome and of course as always go check out the website receptionperception.com all right for matt Harmon, i am james co we'll see you old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.